0: Our Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Jonah, chapter 3 and verses 1 to 5. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, "Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you." So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a 3 days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God, and they proclaimed a fast. And when every one, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. The second reading today is from Mark 1, uh, verses 14 to 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled that the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. Thanks be to God for these reasons. Amen. Amen.
1: Good morning, it's good to be here this morning with you. Um, I don't know about you, but, but I watched the inauguration events of President Joe Biden on Wednesday of this week with with hope and a sense that there was something new in the air. It feels like it's a refreshing new start and, and so many of the messages that were being given are ones that we all need to hear, messages of unity, of coming together to fight common enemies like the coronavirus, etc. And I watched Lady Gaga sing the national anthem and J Lo sing for the crowd and Tom Hanks and Bruce Springsteen entertain in an evening gala. And all of that was wonderful. There, there was enough star power there to light up the night. But what really excited me was 22 year old. Amanda Gorman, who as the new Youth Poet Laureate of the United States has written a poem for the occasion. Um, If I think back to when I was 22, there is no way I could have written anything so wise, thoughtful, and assured. And then at that age, to stand in front of a TV audience of millions of people and the crowd in Washington as well and perform it, well, let's just say I was blown away. (laughs) If you didn't see the performance, I strongly encourage you to uh, track it down on the internet. And the words are also widely available online and are worth rereading. At one point she says this, And so we lift our gaze, not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped, that even as we tired, we tried, that we'll forever be tied together, victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. There was a palpable feeling of a new day dawning, of new possibilities and beginnings opening up, of an America that is being called to something new or perhaps something rather old. But in order for that to happen, There are some things that will have to change. Calling and change. Well, of course, calling and change are written all over the Bible readings that we've had this morning. There's Jonah, who has finally decided to stop running at last and do what he has been called to do. Uh, when I listen to ministers or people who feel called to ministry talk about their calling, one of the things that I almost always hear them say, is almost like a truism, uh, are words like this. Um, you know, they say, for the longest time I ran, I said, God, you cannot mean me. You cannot be asking this of me. I, I cannot do this. You must have got this wrong. And then eventually I stopped running. I hear it time and time again. There is an element of calling that can cut across everything else we want to do. Where we thought our lives were leading us, what we thought was going to happen, where we thought we were comfortable. In the annual Methodist covenant service, we say in the prayer words to the effect, Lord, do with me as you will. But at the back of our minds, at least at the back of my mind, from time to time, there is a certain amount of worry that goes along with that. Because what if that goes against what I thought I wanted to do or where my plans lay? Jonah has been running away from and fighting God every step of the way. And now he finally gives in and does what God has called him to do in the most inhospitable of environments. He puts his life in danger by giving the people of Nineveh a message they almost certainly will not want to hear. But actually, actually, the people of Nineveh take Jonah's message seriously. They could have killed him, but they don't they um take his message seriously and repent at once their um their lives take a different and unexpected turn and god responds to their radical obedience by giving them a second chance uh, much to jonah's annoyance of course uh, he was far less Uh, forgiving than uh, God was. It is not always that the call is going to be easy or comfortable, but we have here a picture of a God who pursues, who does not give up, who says, actually, you need to do this. It is your skill set, your abilities, your personality that I need. When it comes to the calling of the disciples, there's far less running away, but there are still radical changes that need to be made. Livelihoods that are going to be left behind and everything happens quite suddenly. Mark is potentially my favourite gospel. Uh, It's punchy, immediate, a little bit rough around the edges. One of the phrases he uses a lot in Greek is kai auten. And then, and immediately, this happened, that happened. There's an urgency to all of this. The time is now. And the verbs that Jesus uses pick up on this urgency. Is fulfilled, has come near. He has a crucial message to share. God's kingdom is about to dawn. So he invites people to change their way of life, put their trust in the good news. We are constantly in movement in this passage and there are those who immediately respond to this call. Simon and Andrew casting their net and then letting it fall to, to drop everything and follow Jesus. They abandon the net, which has been their means of making a living. James and John leave their father in the boat. How would he have reacted to the loss of his two sons, not to mention their contribution to the economic well-being of the family? And of course, the interesting thing is that Jesus links the skills that they have developed in their lives as fishermen to what they're going to be doing next. But this is more than just a nice metaphor or a picture. There, There are real transferable skills that can be used here. Patience, endurance, the ability to watch and wait for when the time is right. All particular skills that will serve them well in their new calling, As well as in their old job. And it's worth spending some time thinking about Jesus and what use he might make of our transferable skills. There are lots of people in the ministry who use the skills that they have developed in their previous lives to gift the church with their professional knowledge. I know of a number of them and I also know that many of us like to use church as a way of leaving our professional lives behind i know that the congregation here at st peter's has massively benefited from the fact that so many of you bring your professional skills to the table use them for the good of the church what does each of us bring to this role of discipleship what what skills do we have that we can use for the benefit of others? How might God make use of our resources, the things that we bring? Let's be clear. The task that Amanda Gorman called the American people to in her poem, the truths that she reminded them of, the things that she called them to be, It is not everyone that is going to find that easy. The calling of discipleship, of radical love, of deep kingdom justice. None of those are easy callings and they call from us life changing work and decisions. The task is no less than each and every day waking up and saying to ourselves, What does my discipleship of Jesus require of me this day? In the decisions that I make, in the words that I say, in the actions, that I take. There has never been a more urgent moment. The time is now. If Mark was writing the story of our life, what would his, and immediately, say about us? today in jesus name amen